Welcome to episode 26. Today, I'm talking to Dr. Sharon McLaughlin. She is a plastic surgeon and founder of the Women Physicians Entrepreneur Facebook group, as well as Mind Lull. We're here to talk about how you can make choices in your life on your own, and you don't have to ask anyone for permission. And if you're starting a new job, come join me for a webinar on Wednesday on starting a new job. Tips to help you out. Find more information at bosssurgery.com. Welcome, surgeons. Residency didn't teach us everything we needed to learn to be a successful surgeon. While we spent our time caring for patients and learning how to operate, we didn't learn how to advocate for ourselves or navigate our career. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Vertries. I'm a general surgeon, certified coach, and founder of the Boss Business of Surgery series. This is where you'll learn those lessons not taught in residency. Welcome back. I have a very special guest. This is Dr. Sharon McLaughlin. She is the founder of the Female Physicians Entrepreneur Group, and she's here to talk to us about entrepreneurship um, and what we should all be doing. Um, I'm really excited to hear all that she has to say. Welcome to the show. Dr. Amy, thanks so much for having me here today. Tell us a little about yourself. There's so much to tell. Let's see. I am a plastic surgeon. That's what I'm boarded in. As a youngster, I had not Hodgkin's lymphoma. So I was exposed to medicine at a very early age in my early teens. And um, I knew from then that I would become a physician. So I did that path, you know, as biochem undergrad, a lot of stress, I remember definitely a fair amount of anxiety, I had to finish. I think I finished in three and a half years, like I know I finished in three and a half years. And I look back now, and I'm like, why was it such a rush? Why did I have to, you know, I, it was so important for me to get into medical school. And then medical school was great. And I did my residency. I actually planned on doing orthopedic surgery, but I didn't match. I applied again. I didn't match. So I, I ended up going into plastic surgery and it was good for a number of years. And then I got married and my child came along and I was doing a fair amount of call and I just remember thinking to myself, I'm like, I am not happy. I didn't have a cosmetic practice. And truthfully, I didn't really want one. I was doing a lot of reconstruction, a lot of ear call, a fair amount of hand. And I just remember saying to myself, I'm like, I've been in this for 10 plus years, but I don't, I know I don't want to do this for another 10 years. I think I started looking at that when my father had gotten sick and I wanted to spend some time with him. But I think also bringing death into the picture really had you wondering, like, is this really what I want? I really stepped back. So I think things slowed down for me. Then I wanted to spend some time when he was dying. And it really gave me a chance to say to myself, like, and reassess, is this what I want? And I knew the answer was no. But this was long before we had these types of communities. And I didn't know where to turn. And I just was, I think I was experiencing like 100% burnout. I, I would have just walked away from the practice that day if I, I was allowed. You know, we had to send out letters and all of that. I had no backup plan. I just knew that I was really tired and that I couldn't go on this way. I couldn't make my ha- my husband happy, my daughter happy, the patients happy, the staff happy. I felt pulled in many different directions. So I ended up closing the practice. I took a, a job with a radiology review company, like utilization management, and it was you know, they talk about really when you're going to make a move like that to really, you know, get some coaching, get some mentoring, which I never did at the time. I'm, I'm sure it was there, but I didn't know about it. And what I did was I basically jumped. And I don't think that that's a good idea ever is just to jump. But I just knew that I was really burnt out. And 
it wasn't like I was suicidal. Like some people say, oh, you know, I was depressed and suicidal. It wasn't at that point. I just was so unhappy. So my suggestion, like if you're going through this right now, is get a mentor, get a coach. Um, and somebody that has been through this before, burnout, or has been through a career transition, and have them kind of walk you through it. It'll save you a lot of agony in many different ways. First of all, it'll save you time and energy. It'll save you the questioning and doubt of yourself. So when I decided to make this move, there were so many people, my friends, my sisters. By this time, my parents were deceased. So I don't know if they would have questioned it or not. I would imagine so. My husband Everybody was like, why do you want to do this after all these years of training? Why do you want to make this transition? You have a practice. You know, you're up and going. You work so hard for this. And I felt like I was just talking to the wall. Like, no matter what I said, people would just keep on asking why, why. And it got to the point, I was like, this is my life. Like, we each got a life to live. This is my life. I don't owe anybody an explanation. And I remember having that out with my husband. You know, we had a bad fight. And I was just like damn it, this is my life. You know, I, I don't know what to say. If you don't understand, how can anybody else understand? But at this point, it doesn't matter if anybody else understands. I just know what I'm going through. This isn't working for me. So I think it's okay to feel this way. Like I know I felt it. I've spoken to many other people who have jumped or made that career transition. It's normal to, you know, question yourself. Like I said, have a coach or a mentor. So I did the radiology and honestly, within the first week, I knew that this was a mistake, but it was money and it kept me going. I stayed there for about a, over a year. I said to myself, I don't want to leave this within a year because that would look bad on my record and my CV or resume. And I figured it was a stepping stone. And it was, I ended up getting another job in utilization management, paid better. And I've been with that company for over eight years now. So it's fine all that part. And then I started getting bored again. I was just like, you know, this is kind of monotonous work. I, I didn't really have a, a desire to move up in leadership there. But I was like, what else can I do? So I opened the Female Physician Entrepreneurs Facebook group, because I wanted a community that kind of understood, you know, like having interest in entrepreneurship, love my husband, I love my friends, but nobody that I knew really had an interest in entrepreneurship. So I wanted to build a community where people could just come, hang out, talk. I didn't even know about, there's a large group, Anisha Mehta runs at Physician Side Gigs. I didn't know that that existed. I just knew that I wanted to be surrounded by some, you know, some women physicians and talk about business. Because so I know I didn't know enough at that point. So I opened the group up and it, it took a while. Like when you open up a, a group, it was crickets at the beginning. And I often wondered in the early days, do I just close this? There's not a lot of engagement going, you know, the numbers were going up, but I didn't see a lot of engagement. Truthfully, I'd post something, nobody would even answer. It was like crickets. It was crickets for months. That's what I remember. And, um, but the numbers were going up and then slowly, I think maybe after you reach a certain point or people feel comfortable, they start sharing the community grew and I'm, I'm very proud of it. It's always going to be a test. It's like any business, you know, you have to try new things because if you don't grow, you don't learn, it's stagnant. And even if you just stay the exact same way, you actually end up falling behind because other people out there doing something very similar are going to jump ahead of you. So I'll stop you right there for just a second, because I think that, you know, I wanted to highlight, you know, two things. The, the first is that, you know, this idea of like, I don't owe anyone an explanation. You know, I, I thought that was just so profound and worth kind of highlighting a bit because especially, you know, the, 
when we follow this path that we think that we want, and then we find ourselves for whatever reason, you know, questioning this, sometimes we can find people that could help us decide, just like you're saying, a coach or a mentor, and our family may not understand. But I loved how you said that I don't know anyone an explanation. Um, and I think that's so critical because you know, you could easily have lived your life following other people's expectations and you didn't. And so I'm curious, but to the person who is listening and wondering, you know, they're surrounded by people who are trying to say, what are you doing? What would you tell them about if they're feeling this, something deep inside of them saying, I don't owe you an explanation. Where's that voice coming from? And what would you say to the person who's just hearing that voice for the first time? You have to follow your intuition. We each have our own life to live. And if if your intuition or your body or your mind is telling you this isn't for me, then listen to it and step back and reassess because there's a reason why you're feeling that way. You're, You're obviously unsure and that's okay, right? That's how we grow. We make changes, we pivot, we change. And we only do that by first acknowledging that there's, and I hate to use the word issue, but there's an issue here, right? Like if you were 100% happy, you wouldn't be questioning it. You would just be going about your business, working, you know, whatever else you have going on in your life on a day-to-day basis. But the fact that you're hearing that voice, feeling it, questioning it, you have to acknowledge it. Like, where is this coming from? And what am I going to do about it? You know, there are many people that I've, I have a podcast too, and we've spoken just even offline, online, when people want to do that career transition, it truly can take five years or so. I've met people that it will take five years. So it doesn't necessarily require jump, jumping, but you really want to get yourself in a position, whether it's financially secure, that you have extra money to when you do that change, because a lot of us, we live up to our means, right? Like our, our salary, we live up to it. And so if you're talking about making a career transition, you may not be making as much. So what are you going to do to prepare for that? And my advice there is always invest. I wish I had started investing earlier. When I look back on the money that I've made and you know, I'm over 50 now, the best money that I made was the money I socked away my first year out. Like when I started putting money away, I remember my first year out, I paid off all of my loans. So then my second year, the accountant's like, you got to put away X amount. And I was just like, I don't want to put away that much. I finally have some money, you know? And he's just like, no, you, you need to put this away. This is important. And, you know, he was right after all these years that, that, you know, the few years that I had done that with him, I couldn't believe it. Like this is really the majority of my retirement it was all back from then, let alone all the years that have gone by. It, it doesn't compare at all. I couldn't agree with you more because I really think that paying attention to our money allows us the freedom to do the things that we want. And, you know, I absolutely agree with you. And I think it was a perfect segue to, because there's that voice that says, you know, there's something else and you need the money to do the something else, or at least to give you the freedom to do it. Um, Just because since we're in high paying specialties, you know, if you are transitioning to something, there certainly will be a change in the income. Now, I'm curious, why did you choose the um, an entrepreneur group? What was it that drew you to the idea of entrepreneurship? And how is that different than your life as a physician? Or was it? Yeah, I've always been interested in businesses and how they run and why some people are successful financially with business and others aren't. And it always drawn me. And I love the idea of creativity. And there's so much you can do where I feel like 
some parts of medicine, we're very, we're restrained. It's, we're told kind of what to do, especially if you're in corporate medicine and we lose our autonomy. And I just knew with business, the sky was the limit, you know, and, and I look around, there's so many things as physicians we can do. We can be consultants. Yes, they're hard to get those jobs, but once you get in there and you start making those connections, one thing leads to another. We're good speakers in general. We're used to speaking to people. We're used to taking a topic and breaking it down in a digestible fashion. And that's something that a lot of different careers, they don't have that. So as physicians, we're typically good speakers, especially if we say to ourselves, I'm going to learn how to speak better. I'm going, you know, I want to go, I want to be your speaker and I want to, you know, make, whether it's social media or whether you're a guest speaker somewhere else, we have that capacity to do, to do that fairly easy. So we definitely should take advantage of that. A lot of times when you're building your business, you need to make connections and, and be a good speaker because you could be the voice for your business. If you can't do it, nobody else can. You know, nobody else is as good as you for the most part. So I think with when to answer your question, I was always interested in the creativity that goes into it, you know, and the challenge, you know, most businesses fail, but it's really not, like I always thought it would be really nice to like learn about it and be surrounded by a community and that, you know, this would also be an answer for burnout. If you truly felt like you were burning out or heading to burn out, what can you do to prevent that as a physician? And I know a lot of people that have successful, successful businesses outside of medicine. Medicine is their hobby. It's the other way around. It's not like they have a hobby painting anymore or a hobby with golf. You know, and medicine is their bread and butter. It's the other way around. Their bread and butter is their business and medicine is a hobby for them. And it's that much more enjoyable. It's why they did it to begin with. They wanted to help people. Yes. And so, you know, it sounds like you already had a lot of ideas about entrepreneurship and where did you get some of these ideas? Like, how, like, how did you um, find all the information about speaking and about some of these other ventures that you had? The entrepreneurship interest probably comes from my father. He owned a company. So I was around that. As far as the speaking and all of that, just just studying businesses, just studying the community and what works and what doesn't. You know, social media has, it really is limitless, like who we can be in front of. And you can make connections. You know, there's nothing stopping you from DMing somebody. If you're looking for connections, hang out on LinkedIn. It's a great place to message people and kind of follow them and, you know, write in their comments. It may take a little bit, but you usually can get in front of them just by commenting on their post on a you know a regular basis. The sky is the limit. We're very lucky. We're much more fortunate than we were ten years ago or fifteen years ago. You know, as far as making connections and different opportunities. Right, and you know, I've watched your your journey over time, the last few years, and you know, I think one strategy that that you have employed that I think is very effective for just you know personally is just elevating other people too. So I see you elevating other physicians all the time um, of with their different projects and things like that too. And so you know, what you may not have had in the past of easy access to a lot of um, you know different ideas of entrepreneurship, I think that you are offering that to other people. And I think that's really, you know, something to be commended. Um, and tell me a little bit about this summit that you just had, which, you know, speaking of elevating other people and gathering all these lessons, tell us about the summit that you just had of the female uh, physician entrepreneur group. Amy, that idea came to me two weeks before the summit. 
I was on a Thursday afternoon and I'm just like, this group is getting pretty stagnant. I feel like we need more of a community feel. So what will do that? And then it just popped into my head because right before COVID, maybe that year before COVID, we did a weight loss, like wellness weight loss summit within the group. And it wasn't really for women physicians at all, but a lot of women physicians participated from FPE. There were over 30 speakers. And I did that in about a little less than three weeks. And I just knew that if I kept the numbers of speakers lower, I could do it in two weeks. You know, I, I was looking around, I was actually going to do the three week again, but then I saw a couple of conferences that were happening next weekend, the weekend of the 30th. And I was like, oh, that's not going to work. So I pushed it to the weekend of the 23rd and I did question it for about 10 minutes. I'm like, do I do it? Don't I do it? I don't know. This is, I've never done something like this in two weeks, but okay, let's just do it. And that was a Thursday. And by Friday, I had messaged people that I was interested. They all said yes. And yeah, it just took off from there. You know, I, I really tried to get a very robust uh, like line of speakers to talk about different things from what you could do as a physician right now without going back to school, without learning so, so much. And one of the first things was, you know, speaking. We had a couple of people that spoke about speaking as a, you know, that's, this is what they do. One is a TEDx. Well, actually they're both TEDx speakers, but one spoke about getting on TEDx and the other one spoke about um, Romy, Romy, she's very, um, she's basically a keynote speaker and she travels all over. And she made it very clear that, you know, being a keynote speaker isn't so easy because you're traveling all the time and a lot goes into like the back office that you would never see all the preparation. And we just, I, when I made up the speaker list, it was to take you from where you are right now. What gifts do you have? Like making, a, designing a book, right? We had Jasmine Zapata on there, you know, publishing a book. We're all physicians. We all can speak about something. We all have a book inside of us. So, you know, that was on there. Then using social media, some people had, who I consider very successful on social media, how to use that to your advantage. We had people who had um, produced some products. We had coaching on there, how to scale your business. You know, definitely wellness too, just a couple on wellness, but important. Like we, Diana Sodique spoke about um, balance because when you're trying to do this, you need balance, right? It's, it's one thing to have one job and just focus in on that. But when you have one job and you're trying to concentrate on another, it's really where you need balance plus a family and whatnot. So it was a number of different speakers and topics, but I think it all went rounded out pretty nicely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that just the lineup that you had was so interesting and varied and there was something for everybody there. Um, but there's so many things that, um, that I know that I've recognized as the entrepreneur journey that a lot of people don't, which is one, no one told you what to do. So you created it yourself, which is one, you know, paradigm shift of medicine, as you said, that more and more were being told what to do. And so entrepreneurs just decide to do stuff and not just decide to do stuff, kind of decide without really necessarily a roadmap and say, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. And, you know, I thought that was a really, um, it really envisioned the spirit of what an entrepreneur is, is, you know, no roadmap. We're going to try it. If it fails, whatever, but I don't think it will. And of course it won't. And I'm going to shift and move. And this is not a problem. Um, there's just so many different aspects of that. Uh, you know, even just creating this summit that is so fascinating um, that really is going outside the paradigm of which that we find ourselves trapped in, I think, in medicine. Um, and that's why I think that your, your lessons are so helpful. Now, I know you kind of told me a little bit about this next project that you have. So what is your next step 
I think one of the reasons why businesses fail is that people don't plan out. I gave you the example of the summit and people had questions like, Sharon, you can't do this in two weeks. You know, a lot of, you know, people were messaging me and, and trying to give me helpful advice. But I was like, in my mind, I was like, well, I did this already in three weeks. I can do this in two weeks. I already had been through this. You know, I'm very good, pretty good at designing landing pages, um, websites. I don't do it for other people, but I know how to do it. I'm, I know my platform very good. So that wasn't going to be an issue at all. And I had the group, you know, as a Facebook group to feed off of. So I didn't think that would be an issue getting people. But the bottom line is you just, you have to try different things, right? So with the entrepreneurs, there's so much that they can do. And I believe why most businesses fail is that they're not planning ahead of time. So the whole idea about this journal is that it gives you six weeks to you know, what are you going to do? What's really for the next month? What is your goal? What's your goal for the next week? What is your goal for the next day? And then there's a lot of like, you know, journal prompts each day to really kind of find out more about you. And then there's trackers, like a daily tracker, as well as a weekly tracker to keep track of things like what your schedule is like, what's your start time, what's your end time, you know, what about self-development? What was your takeaway from self-development? Now you could say, well, I didn't do self-development that day but you're going to be aware that you didn't do self-development. And honestly, when I spend time doing self-development in the mornings, it really does make a difference in my day. And I always believe that I'm more productive on those days. So just kind of bringing some things in that I think have been shown over and over again to help with productivity, help with efficiency. And we, again, we don't want to be spending time on being busy. We want to be taught. We want to be spending time on what moves the needle forward in our business because we are all short of time. So that's our whole purpose, purpose of the journal is to really make you aware of what you're doing, your activities, and really what's, what activities of the ones that you listed are actually making a difference. Yeah. Oh, I can see that being so helpful because I know that a lot of things that hold people back are overwhelm. And of course, the, the steps to overwhelm is just to take a step and have a clear action. And you know, the other problem that people have is I start doing something, but then I can't keep doing it. So consistency sounds, um, you know, obviously helpful. And then, you know, as you've already kind of described creating these habits that are, you know, delineate in there and, and creating those little things over time, um, the habits are what allow us to be consistent and uh, make it easier. And so, you know, I can see this saving time for a lot of people already because it eliminates all those indulgent emotions that we, you know, find ourselves stuck in of the, the overwhelm and the angst and the not planning and things like that. And so what a really great resource. So tell me a little bit about where people can find this resource. Name of my company is Mind Lull, L-U-L-L. So Mind Lull, it's the whole idea, the premises behind it is really to be able to find focus, like to focus and find fulfillment. Because without focus, it's hard to find fulfillment in anything because you're all over the place and it causes a little anxiety. It makes it very difficult to make any progress moving forward because you don't really have it mapped out at all. So taking that time, those lull periods of really just quieting your mind, thinking, be aware of what you're doing and really reassessing, bringing it back to journaling and bringing it back to tracking and, and thinking about some questions that you have to answer. And this will be at mindlull.com? Yeah. Okay. So we'll make sure to put a, a link on the show notes. Now, 
you are already, you know, way ahead of everybody and have been for a while, you know, creating the Facebook community and pulling entrepreneurs together and creating summits, you know, with, with all these varied speakers and highlighting other people as a strategy that's both, you know, obviously personally fulfilling and also, you know, helping out the world at large. So I'm just dying to know what is next for you. It's going to be my mold. That's really where I'm going to focus my efforts on. And during my journey, what I learn, I will share with the group. You know, I'm always trying to repurpose content. And that's something that really can burn you guys out, has burned me, me out as well. People say, I don't know what to publish and stuff. Make sure you're speaking to your customers because that's always going to help you. You're in this case, patients, you know, and you can really, even your medical practice, you really can guide it to, you know, what your patients need and, and want and what they're asking about. But that helps you with social media content. So one of the things that I had done was my I had wellness a while back, but it was just so different than what the female physician entrepreneurs are. It was completely different. And I had a hard time like trying to come up with content for business, trying to come up with content for wellness, because it wasn't a wellness group by any means. So I think this is more aligned with what I'm doing with the group, but also what I've seen with what I think entrepreneurs need. And I know myself what I need because when I don't have that roadmap, it's a problem. Definitely not planning out ahead of time, just saying, okay, I'm going to wing it. Doesn't usually work. This could clearly help everyone with the practice because, you know, I have a private practice now too. And, you know, I know that I could benefit from um, consistency and some daily habits as well and not taking anything for granted. You know, it's so easy to, you know, take for granted the patients that you have and also like give into the fear too. You know, there's, there's the kind of the complacency and the fear and both of those can, you know, lead you down to paths that are a little bit challenging. And so I think if everyone embraces the idea that even if you're employed, you don't have to be in private practice to care about the, the patients coming in and your business and your consistency and all your practices. Um, I think that, you know, this is something that you're offering a roadmap that's going to help uh, anyone in business, which we all are. Amy, thank you so much. Absolutely. What would be, if you were to give anyone now in practice uh, a piece of advice, what would be your best piece of advice that you give to someone now? Listen to your intuition. It's your body. You have no there is absolutely no reason to feel bad about making any of your choices that you make for you. Do what works for you. It's your life. I love it. That's fantastic. And so um, I know that we can find you at the Female Physicians Entrepreneur Facebook group and mindlull.com. We'll have those links on there so we can catch this journal and really start um, moving forward in, in our business. Thank you so much for coming here, Dr. McLaughlin. Dr. Richards, thank you so much for having me. Find more information about the Boss Business of Surgery series at bosssurgery.com and join me this Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Time for the webinar, Starting a New Job. Information on how to join can be found at bosssurgery.com.
If you're a graduating chief resident or starting a new job, you're going to want to join me on Wednesday, the 18th of May at 6 p.m. Central to hear about tips on starting a new job. Head to BossSurgery.com for more details.